Part two of the Ruby and the Cauldron by Anna Catherine Green. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Part two. He led me across the hall and pointed through an open door. In the centre of a small room containing a table and some chairs, I perceived a young man sitting, with fallen head and dejected air, staring at vacancy. By his side, with a hand laid on his, knelt a young girl, striving in this gentle but speechless way to comfort him. It made a pathetic picture. I drew Ashley away. "'I am disposed to believe in that young man,' said I. "'If he still has the jewel, he would not try to carry off the situation in just this way. He really looks broken-hearted.' oh he is dreadfully cut up if he could have seen how frantically he searched for the stone and the depression into which he fell when he realized that it was not to be found you would not doubt him for an instant what made you think he might still have the ruby oh we police officers think of everything then the fact that he insists that something or someone touched his breast on the driveway strikes me as a trifle suspicious your mother says that no second person could have been there or the snow would have given evidence of it yes i looked expressly of course the drive itself was full of hoof-marks and wheel-tracks for several carriages had already passed over it then there were all of dean's footsteps but no other man as far as i could see yet he insists that he was touched or struck yes with no one there to touch or strike him mr ashley was silent let us step out and take a view of the place i suggested i should prefer doing this to questioning the young man in his present state of mind then as we turned to put on our coats i asked with suitable precaution do you suppose that he has the same secret suspicions as ourselves and that it is to hide these he insists upon the jewels having been taken away from him at a point the ladies are known not to have approached young ashley bent somewhat startled eyes on mine nothing has been said to him of what miss peters saw miss glover do i could not bring myself to mention it i have not even allowed myself to believe here a fierce gust blowing in from the door he had just opened cut short his words and neither of us spoke again till we stood on the exact spot in the driveway where the episode we were endeavouring to understand had taken place oh i cried as soon as i could look about me the mystery is explained look at that bush or perhaps you call it a shrub if the wind were blowing as freshly as it is now and very probably it was one of those slender branches might easily be switched against his breast especially if he stood as you say he did close against this border well i am a fool only the other day i told the gardener that these branches would need trimming in the spring and yet i never so much as thought of them when mr dean spoke of something striking his breast as we turned back i made this remark with this explanation of the one doubtful point in this otherwise plausible account we can credit his story as being in the main true which i calmly added 
places him above suspicion and narrows our inquiry down to one we had moved quickly and were now at the threshold of the door by which we had come out mr ashley i continued i shall have to ask you to add to your former favours that of showing me the young lady in whom from this moment on we are especially interested if you can manage to let me see her first without her seeing me i shall be indefinitely obliged to you i do not know where she is i shall have to search for her i will wait by the hall door in a few minutes he returned to me come said he and led me into what i judged to be the library with a gesture towards one of the windows he backed quickly out leaving me to face the situation alone i was rather glad of this glancing in the direction he had indicated and perceiving the figure of a young lady standing with her back to me on the farther side of a flowing lace curtain i took a few steps toward her hoping that the movement would cause her to turn but it entirely failed to produce this effect nor did she give any sign that she noted the intrusion this prevented me from catching the glimpse of her face which i so desired and obliged me to confine myself to a study of her dress and attitude the former was very elegant more elegant than the appearance of her two friends had led me to expect though i am far from being an authority on feminine toilets i yet had experience enough to know that those sweeping folds of spotless satin with their festoons of lace and loops of shiny trimming which it would be folly for me to attempt to describe represented not only the best efforts of the dressmaker's art but very considerable means on the part of the woman wearing such a gown this was a discovery which altered the complexion of my thoughts for a moment for i had presupposed her a girl of humble means willing to sacrifice certain scruples to obtain a little extra money this imposing figure might be that of a millionaire's daughter how then could i associate her even in my own mind with theft i decided that i must see her face before giving answer to these doubts she did not seem inclined to turn she had raised the shade from before the wintry panes and was engaged in looking out her attitude was not that of one simply enjoying a moment's respite from the dance it was rather that of an absorbed mind brooding upon what gave little or no pleasure and as i further gazed and noted the droop of her lovely shoulders and the languor visible in her whole bearing i began to regard a glimpse of her features as imperative moving forward i came upon her suddenly excuse me miss smith i boldly exclaimed then paused for she had turned instinctively and i had seen that for which i had risked this daring move your pardon i hastily apologized i mistook you for another young lady and drew back with a low bow to let her pass for i saw that she thought only of escaping both me and the room and i did not wonder at this for her eyes were streaming with tears and her face which was doubtless a pretty one under ordinary conditions looked so distorted with distracting emotions 
that she was no fit subject for any man's eye let alone that of a hard-hearted officer of the law on the lookout for the guilty hand which had just appropriated a jewel worth anywhere from eight to ten thousand dollars yet i was glad to see her weep for only first offenders weep and first offenders are amenable to influence especially if they have been led into wrong by impulse and are weak rather than wicked anxious to make no blunder i resolved before proceeding further to learn what i could of the character and antecedents of the suspected one and this from the only source which offered mr deane's affianced this young lady was a delicate girl with a face like a flower recognizing her sensitive nature i approached her with the utmost gentleness not seeking to disguise either the nature of my business or my reasons for being in the house since all this gave me authority i modulated my tone to suit her gentle spirit and above all i showed the utmost sympathy for her lover whose rights in the reward had been taken from him as certainly as the jewel had been taken from mrs burton in this way i gained her confidence and she was quite ready to listen when i observed there is a young lady here who seems to be in a state of even greater trouble than mr dean why is this you brought her here is her sympathy with mr dean so great as to cause her to weep over his loss frances oh no she likes mr dean and she likes me but not well enough to cry over our misfortunes i think she has some trouble of her own one that you can tell me her surprise was manifest why do you ask that what interest have you called in as i understand to recover a stolen jewel in francis glover's personal difficulties i saw that i must make my position perfectly plain only this she was seen to pick up something from the driveway where no one else had succeeded in finding anything she when who saw her i cannot answer all these questions at once i smiled she was seen to do this no matter by whom during your passage from the carriage to the stoop as you preceded her you naturally did not observe this action which was fortunate perhaps as you would scarcely have known what to do or say about it yes i should she retorted with the most unexpected display of spirit i should have asked her what she had found and i should have insisted upon an answer i love my friends but i love the man i am to marry better here her voice fell and a most becoming blush suffused her cheek quite right i assented now will you answer my former question what troubles miss glover can you tell me that i cannot i only know that she has been very silent ever since she left the house i thought her beautiful new dress would please her but it does not seem to she has been unhappy and preoccupied all evening she only roused a bit when mr dean showed us the ruby and said oh i forgot what's that what have you forgot what you said just now i wouldn't add a word pardon me i smilingly interrupted looking as fatherly as i could but you have added this word and now you must tell me what it means 
you were going to say that she showed interest in the extraordinary jewel which mr deane took from his pocket and in what he let fall about the expected reward that is she looked eagerly at the ruby and sighed when he acknowledged that he expected it to bring him five hundred dollars before midnight but any girl of no more means than she might do that it would not be fair to lay too much stress on a sigh is not miss glover wealthy she wears a very expensive dress i observe i know it and i have wondered a little at it for her father is not called very well off but perhaps she bought it with her own money i know she has some she is an artist and burnt wood i let the subject of miss glover's dress drop i had heard enough to satisfy me that my first theory was correct this young woman beautifully dressed and with a face from which the rounded lines of early girlhood had not yet departed held in her possession probably at this very moment mrs burton's magnificent jewel but where on her person or hidden in some of her belongings i remembered the cloak in the closet and thought it wise to assure myself that the jewel was not secreted in this garment before i proceeded to extreme measures mrs ashley upon being consulted agreed with me as to the desirability of this and presently i had this poor girl's cloak in my hands did i find the ruby no but i found something else tucked away in an inner pocket which struck me as bearing quite pointedly upon this case it was the bill crumpled soiled and tear-stained of the dress whose elegance had so surprised her friends and made me for a short time regard her as the daughter of wealthy parents an enormous bill which must have struck dismay to the soul of this self-supporting girl who probably had no idea of how a french dressmaker can foot up items four hundred and fifty dollars and for one gown i declare i felt indignant myself and could quite understand why she heaved that little sigh when mr deane spoke of the five hundred dollars he expected from mrs burton and later how she came to succumb to the temptation of making the effort to secure this sum for herself when in following the latter's footsteps up the driveway she stumbled upon this same jewel fallen as it were from his pocket into her very hands the impulse of the moment was so strong and the consequences so little anticipated it is not at all probable that she foresaw he would shout aloud his loss and draw the whole household out on the porch of course when he did this the feasibility of her project was gone and i only wished that i had been present and able to note her countenance as crowded in with others on that windy porch she watched the progress of the surge which every moment made it not only less impossible for her to attempt the restoration upon which the reward depended but must have caused her to feel if she had been as well brought up as all indications showed that it was a dishonest act of which she had been guilty and that willing or not she must look upon herself as a thief so long as she held the jewel back from mr deane or its rightful owner 
but how face the publicity of restoring it now after this elaborate and painful search in which even the son of her hostess had taken part that would be to proclaim her guilt and thus effectually ruin her in the eyes of everybody concerned now she would keep the compromising article a little longer in the hope of finding some opportunity of returning it without risk to her good name and so she allowed the search to proceed i have entered thus elaborately into the supposed condition of this girl's mind on this critical evening that you may understand why i felt a certain sympathy for her which forbade harsh measures i was sure from the glimpse i had caught of her face that she longed to be relieved from the tension she was under and that she would gladly rid herself of this valuable jewel if she only knew how this opportunity i proposed to give her and this is why on returning the bill to its place i assumed such an air of relief on rejoining mrs ashley she saw and drew me aside you have not found it she said no i returned but i am positive where it is and where's that over miss glover's uneasy heart mrs ashley turned pale wait said i i have a scheme for getting it hence without making her shame public listen and i whispered a few words in her ear she surveyed me in amazement for a moment then nodded and her face lightened up you are certainly earning your reward she declared and summoning her son who was never far away from her side she whispered her wishes he started bowed and hurried from the room by this time my business in the house was well known to all and i could not appear in hall or parlour without a great silence falling upon every one present followed by a breaking up of the only too small circle of unhappy guests into agitated groups but i appeared to see nothing of all this till the proper moment when turning suddenly upon them all i cried out cheerfully but with a certain deference i thought would please them ladies and gentlemen i have an interesting fact to announce the snow which was taken up from the driveway has been put to melt in the great feet cauldron over the stable fire we expect to find the ruby at the bottom and mrs ashley invites you to be present at its recovery it has now stopped snowing and she thought you might enjoy the excitement of watching the water ladled out a dozen girls bounded forward oh yes what fun where are our cloaks our rubbers two only stood hesitating one of these was mr dean's lady love and the other her friend miss glover the former perhaps secretly wondered the latter but i dared not look long enough or closely enough in her direction to judge just what her emotions were presently these two stepped forward into the excited circle of young people and were met by the two maids who were bringing in their wraps amid the bustle which now ensued i caught sight of mr dean's face peering from an open doorway it was all alive with hope i also perceived a lady looking down from the second story who i felt sure was mrs burton herself evidently my confident tone had produced more effect than the words themselves 
everyone looked upon the jewel as already recovered and regarded my invitation to the stable as a ruse by which i hoped to restore universal good feeling by giving them all a share in my triumph all but one nothing could make miss glover look otherwise than anxious restless and unsettled and though she followed in the wake of the rest it was with hidden face and lagging step as if she recognized the whole thing as a farce and doubted her own power to go through it calmly aha my lady thought i only be patient and you will see what i shall do for you and indeed i thought her eye brightened as we all drew around the huge cauldron standing full of water over the stable stove as pains had already been taken to put out the fire in this stove the ladies were not afraid of injuring their dresses and consequently crowded as close as their numbers would permit miss glover especially stood within reach of the brim and as soon as i noted this i gave the signal which had been agreed upon between mr ashley and myself instantly the electric lights went out leaving the place in total darkness a scream from the girls a burst of hilarious laughter from their escorts mingled with loud apologies from their seemingly mischievous host filled up the interval of darkness which i had insisted should not be too soon curtailed then the lights glowed as suddenly as they had gone out and while the glare was fresh on every face i stole a glance at miss glover to see if she had made good use of the opportunity just accorded for ridding herself of the jewel by dropping it into the cauldron if she had both her troubles and mine were at an end if she had not then i need feel no further scruple in approaching her with the direct question i had hitherto found it so difficult to put she stood with both hands grasping her cloak which she had drawn tightly about the rich folds of her new and expensive dress but her eyes were fixed straight before her with a soft light in their depths which made her positively beautiful the jewel is in the pot i inwardly decided and ordered the two waiting stablemen to step forward with their ladles quickly those ladles went in but before they could be lifted out dripping half the ladies had scurried back afraid of injury to their pretty dresses but they soon sidled forward again and watched with beaming eyes the slow but sure emptying of the great cauldron at whose bottom they anticipated finding the lost jewel as the ladles were plunged deeper and deeper the heads drew closer and so great was the interest shown that the busiest lips forgot to chatter and eyes whose only business up till now had been to follow with shy curiosity every motion made by their handsome young host now settled on the murky depths of the great pot whose bottom was almost in sight as i heard the ladles strike this bottom i instinctively withdrew a step in anticipation of the loud hurrah which would naturally hail the first sight of the lost ruby conceive then my chagrin my bitter and mortified disappointment when after one look at the broad surface of the now exposed bottom the one shout which rose was nothing End of part two.